Howdy, strangers, and welcome to the Rec Center podcast, where we recommend things to one another and to you. We're here, Han. We We're did it. We're here. We did it. We did the first we episode. Made we made it. The first episode was kind of like, you know, it's a little boring. We have to go through the motions, like introduce ourselves to everybody. But now mm-hmm. we're in the second episode. Yes. And we get to really get into it today. Yes. Really get into it. Are you guys ready? I'm not ready, but it doesn't really <laughs> yeah, matter. Yeah, Jack didn't prepare. Well, why, was, why would I? He was writing. What He was still thinking of the second thing he was going to recommend like five minutes ago. Why would I prepare? There's literally <laughs> no reason for me to prepare because it's very low stakes. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, what did, what did we do yesterday, Jack? We did something very interesting. Okay, so Hannah, we had a very cool opportunity yesterday. Uh, we got to go to a special premiere screening of the new show, The Hunters, exclusively on Amazon Prime. It's just called Hunters. Uh, I think it's called the Hunters. I it's think just it's Hunters. Called, I think it's called Hunters. <laughs> I don't know why you said The Hunters. <laughs> uh, so the show it takes place in the 70s. Uh, it is starring Logan Lerman and the great Al Pacino. The The Al Pacino. Al Pacino. So the show follows Logan Lerman as Jonah Heidelbaum. And he is living in 1970s New York with his grandma as his only family, who is a Holocaust survivor. Uh, and they're kind of in uh, not a great way. They're they're poor and uh, they're... Not in, a great neighborhood. Yeah, not a great neighborhood in, in 70s New York, which was historically not a great place to live um, as it was crime rated. And, you know, there were a lot of systems that were pretty mm-hmm. crappy. Um, so, but uh, after Jonah suffers a personal tragedy mm-hmm. uh, he's kind of thrust into the life of Al Pacino whose character's name is Meyer Hofferman or yeah Hofferman. friend of his grandma best friend of his grandma uh, and a lot around this first episode there are a lot of uh, we find out there are a lot of Nazis living in the United yeah. States like the whole gist of like what I got from the pilot was like the theme of the show is like the war even though it's like quote-unquote over it's not over like Al Pacino's character keeps saying like you know they went through the war and then you know the people who put them in camps like are their next door neighbors now yeah yeah it's like after the war like a lot of uh, a lot of former like real not not just soldiers but like real Nazis who were like Mm -hmm. you know had roles in the camps and like were responsible for like thousands of murders yeah uh, they just like, like see him at the grocery store yeah they, they escaped to the u.s and like took on new identities and they're kind of hiding in plain sight uh but they're still very much active and the show's kind of the show's based off true stories uh, yeah like the 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 showrunner's grandmother this is like kind of like following some of her life uh yeah. in 1970s new york uh and for both these groups like uh the jewish people living in new york and uh the not the former nazis or actually current Nazis, current Nazis who are hiding in the country, uh, the war hasn't really ended for either of them. Yeah. And, to where, as to and where, they're both making moves to, like, battle each other still. Yeah, to, to, to take power and to, I mean, for the Jewish people in the show, it's kind of more like they are, uh, they're kind Taking of more. Taking their power back, yeah, they getting can, revenge. Yeah, they see it as, like, a revenge and kind of like a means of survival as to where, like, these Nazis are still incredibly active in the country and still murdering people and, yeah. like, and influencing politics. Yeah, and like, they're big players in the government. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's kind of like this shadow, the deep state. <laughs> <organization>, <laughs> not really. yeah. But it's like this, they're like a shadow organization still working in the United States. And uh, there's like a group of people who are aware of this. And after trying to take it to law enforcement and trying to go through all the proper channels and getting laughed at or like yeah. brushed away, they are like, okay, we're going to take power into our own hands yeah. because- we like they're kind of like we saw what happened last time 
and they're not going to let that happen again and they're they're going to use the resources they have available to them now to do something about it um something that they may not have been able to do in the past uh so yeah the show the show is very gory it's yeah it's very intense i was kind of bummed because like i was really excited to watch it but with that kind of thing like i have to I just I'm I feel I wish I didn't have to, but I just have to cover my eyes for those parts. <laughs> and I was bummed because I missed like good chunks of the show, but I really liked it. It's a good show, and I mean it's not a perfect show. Like there's some narrative things that like are kind of were kind of like iffy to me, and like some pacing issues. But, yeah, pacing issues um, is what I noticed. But like the character, like the, the characters, I think are good. Yeah, and, like the acting's good, and it's just the first episode, so I feel like it might develop over time i mean totally. all the all the episodes are out right like, yeah it's on Amazon like, Prime. yeah um so i'm excited to watch the next few and see if it like gets better yeah and yeah and it's like and i think that it's it's i mean it takes place in the 70s but i think it's still relevant to today because there are still i mean there are a lot of nazis active today in the country but they're you know they call themselves something different they're much more emboldened about being out and open today yeah. <laughs> than they were based possibly in the 70s um so I think I mean it's and it's a period piece and it's like it's a true story so like that makes it interesting as well but it's also I think relevant for today to where it's like you know these people still exist today mm-hmm. and I think we're having to confront these things today and it's like um, but also in the show it's like there I mean we get there's like so there's a it's a police it was an FBI agent that's also trying to like figure yeah, out what sick. is happening to like these these Nazis that are dying in the country yeah and it's like so. Like, I feel like in the, sh- the trajectory of the shows, there can be, like, this one ideology of, like, the quote-unquote the hunters who are hunting these Nazis and also, like, the other side of it to where it's, like, someone's trying, yeah, like, the FBI is trying to go, like, more, like, the proper route of, but like, identifying these people. I feel like she might join forces with the hunters because, like, you know, when she goes into, like, her boss's office in the show mm-hmm. and he, like, kind of shuts her down and she, like has all these leads on a case and he's like stop trying so hard like you've only been here for uh 10 months and she's like um 11 months actually (laughs) and he just like she's like please like can i just have my own case and he just like you know keeps pushing her aside but i but you know he finally gives her this case Mm. um and i feel like she's gonna figure it out and get like kind of just like eh, i don't really think that your theory is right and then i think she might join forces with them but i don't know yeah well because they're this team is like they're murdering these nazis yeah. and hunting like legitimately hunting them not just like trying to like expose them like they're hunting them and killing them and like in a very gruesome way yeah and, and like, like taking pictures of it take, and stuff yeah like that. taking pictures and they have like a like a scrapbook wall yeah of all of them. they're like serial like serial killers like i mean they're they're killing bad people like yeah. nazis are e- like they're and the nazis in the show are like there's no nuance There's, about how evil they yeah. are. Like they, they, they are, take it to the extreme. It's very extreme how evil and terrible these Nazis are. Uh, so like you don't you don't really feel any sympathy for them killing them, um, as you shouldn't. <laughs> but I think that the show will get to the point where uh, this FBI agent is you know kind of like, hey, like I agree with you. These people are awful, but maybe, but maybe we shouldn't be cutting their heads off. Yeah, yeah, go a different route. So I think that'll add an interesting element to it. Um, but yeah, we haven't finished the show. Um, it was pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty good. I don't, I don't think fun. it's perfect, um, yeah. but I think it's a fun show. I think all the actors are good in it. So yeah, so the event that we went to is cool. Is in Highland Park, and they like kind of redecorated uh, the movie theater and the bowling mm. alley to be like seventies New York. Yeah. Um, they gave us like seventies snacks for the movie <laughs> yeah. and like comic, like a comic book that was like designed on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And it was really cool. Yeah, yeah. It was like we went into, and there's like a bunch of like yeah. seventy like actors. Oh yeah, in like they 70s hired like clothes yeah seventies like, actors to like talk to you while you're in line. Yeah, and or like stuff. Co- like New York City cops like, yeah. in the seventies like all around the street. And it it's was like, so fun. And they're like, yeah, walking here. Yeah. Like, classic. <laughs> and they had like New York style pizza. It was really. They great. did New York style pizza. It was delicious. Um. So yeah, the hunters. Yeah. Check it out. Or the hunters. Sorry. Hunters. I don't know why you keep saying the hunters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hunters on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Okay. So there's also one other thing that I want to talk to you about, Jack, that um, is a uh, new uh, movie that is coming out. What movie is it? Netflix original. Netflix original. Hit me with it. Spike Lee Netflix original that I I think you really like. Um, It's called Da Five Bloods. Da Five Bloods. Yeah. Um, I know what it's about. It's starring Chadwick Boseman. Classic love. Paul Walter Hauser, Ooh, our buddy. Our buddy. Yeah. Uh, Jean Reno, I think. Jean, yeah. He's the, the guy from Pink Panther. The, like, uh, Steve Martin's, like, fr- like his friend. Who, okay, like, yeah, w- yeah. watches over him and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then Delroy Lindo, who I feel like you'd recognize him if you looked him up, but he was in this show I used to watch on NBC. It was called, like, Believe. But it was only on for like one season. It was pretty good. Huh. But he's also in Point Break. I don't know if you've seen that. Uh, um, I have seen Point Break. Also, Jonathan Majors from Last Blast, Last Black Man in San Francisco. Ooh. Is in it. I love that movie. That was going to be one of my recommendations for this week, but I was going to save it for another time. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I still haven't seen it, so I'd love to hear you talk about it. Um, but there's a bunch more in the cast that are really awesome. But so there's no trailer out yet. But the synopsis um, from Wikipedia, by the way, just want to cite my sources. Um, the synopsis is that four African American Vietnam veterans return to Vietnam. They are in search of the remains of their fallen squad leader and the promise of buried treasure. These heroes battle forces of humanity and nature while confronted by the lasting ravages of the immorality of the Vietnam War. That sounds really great. Right. Yeah. That sounds so cool. I don't really need to know a lot about Spike Lee movies to go see them. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm a huge Spike Lee fan. Yeah. And I love Chadwick Boseman, so. Plus, like, I feel like I wouldn't expect Spike Lee to do a Netflix movie. So I'm kind of excited to see, like, what happens with that. Yeah, he's kind of a wild card. I never know what, I, I can yeah. never predict what he's going to do. Um, yeah. That's great. I'm excited about Right? That. Isn't yeah. that cool? Defy Bloods? Duh five bloods. So I said duh five bloods. Yeah. Nice. I, I feel like I can't, I have to pronounce it to be able to say it. That's nah, dumb. <laughs> no, duh five bloods. It's duh easy. five bloods, yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah. Thank you for that. Uh, I also want to talk about real quick, there's a new trailer for the movie Tenant, the new Christopher Nolan movie that's coming oh, yeah, out soon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, starring John David Washington and our favorite Robert Pattinson. Oh. Patman, or Battinson as they call him. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, yeah, we've gotten we've gotten some more looks at that. Uh, it looks pretty good. It looks pretty yeah. interesting. We don't really know a lot about the movie still, other than that there's a time element in it. Oh reversing yeah, reversing time kind of thing. The because we Jack and I go to the movies a lot, but the past the past like few times we've been going, the trailer has played in the theater, mm. and it looks so interesting. Well, that's the thing that he hasn't been releasing the trailers online. You have, oh really? Like, I mean, you have to maybe go to... he might be at now, like now, yeah. but at first you only release the trailers in theaters yeah. to see, so you couldn't look it up on the internet. At first, when you see the trailer, it's kind of like, oh, it's just like an action movie, okay. But then near the end of the trailer, you realize like, oh, like time is like warped, and it's like really cool. That's oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I think like I mean I. I gen- generally enjoy Chris Nolan movies. I feel like he. I feel like I the- generally enjoy Robert Pattinson movies. <laughs> Me so. too. 
But I feel like the the tradition of like the auteur or auteur director is kind of mm-hmm. like going away, um, especially with like something like franchise movies now, like stuff like that. And it's like like the Scorseses and like people like that, or uh, or the Francis Ford Coppola's, like those kind of like uh, classic directors, you know, like stuff like that. Yeah. Like, um, and I think Nolan is kind of like maybe like the toward the end of that generation. Uh, and I think like that kind of like idea of like the auteur directors like it's changing, and I feel like there will be more of them. But I feel like it'll, it'll be kind of in a different context yeah. going in the future, especially maybe more female directors kind of taking on that mm. kind of like place in our minds. Because like I feel like generally when people think of auteur directors, there's no women involved in that. Yeah. Um, but I think there are as we as we move forward in the future, there will be more uh, directors like female directors, especially that we kind of think of in that light. Um, I think Greta Gerwig is probably one of those going forward. Yeah. Um, but but what I I'm excited about this movie. But I am so there's like kind of like a trope I feel like that Christopher Nolan is kind of putting himself in now in that almost every one of his big movies has some sort of time shifting yeah, element. Yeah, I was just going to say <laughs> kind of didn't annoying. he um di- uh, direct uh Inception? Well, I have a list. I freaking love Inception, okay, but Inception I was like it's good. probably going to be the same. Okay, so <laughs> Here, there's probably more, but this is like off the top of my head. Every movie that has like a, a fundamental part of the, like the plot and the movie is some sort of time shifting or time changing element. And there's Memento, <laughs> hey, his first he, movie. He's, he's good at what he does. <laughs> yeah, there's Memento, his first movie, which is probably my favorite of all his movies. I love uh, you Memento. Haven't, you seen Memento? No. Yeah, you haven't. But seen, I love I, it. No, you haven't seen Memento. <laughs> Get out of here. But basically, Memento is uh, like the main character is reliving he like his amnesia and he's like yeah. remembering his life like in it's like the film goes like the 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 story and the plot like happen in opposites. Yeah. So I've yeah. seen uh little clips of it from like film class and stuff like that. Yeah, so like we see like we see the end of the story in the beginning of the plot. Right. And they happen in reverse. So it's like it's kind of like, you know, you're seeing the film backwards. Uh, and then there's Interstellar, which also has a very big time I shifting love element. Interstellar. Interstellar is fine. Has a big, Man. has a big. Okay, focus here. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, what? Dunkirk. I'm getting there. Stop. I know. Sorry. Oh my God. Um, Interstellar has a like a huge time shifting element as like a major key point of the film. Uh, Inception has a lot of time shifting elements in it, especially as you go doing different different dreams. Like time moves differently, mm-hmm. and they're fighting against the clock and I stuff like that. I wonder if that's what Christopher Nolan's dreams are like. Maybe. And then there's Dunkirk, which also has a time-shifting element as yeah. a major point, that one major was part of the film. Really good. Like one week, one the way hour, it's like one one week, one day, one hour. Like the events are happening. And we're yeah. Seeing that. Uh, and then Tenant, which is all about like time happening in reverse and stuff like that. So it's like, I, <laughs> it's become a trope yeah. of his films, and I'm kind of sick of it. And I would like to see him do other hey. things, but it's good. I'm sure it'll be good. Like yeah. he makes great films, but. I that's a qualm I have. Yeah, well, I mean, like I said, he's good at what he does. That's like his thing. Like I don't know. There's other directors in the past that like people are inspired by that did like one specific thing. Yeah, but I feel like I would rather if that's like if that's his method of like telling an interesting story and like getting the yeah. plot forward or like I feel like he could do that without having to implement some sort of time shifting yeah. element to explain why the movie is interesting. Or something I feel like, like I I mean I yeah it's kind of a style choice. I feel like kind of like how Wes Anderson like he has like the very specific way of cinematography or like colors in his movies well so it's Christopher Nolan but I feel like this is different because yeah it, it's, it it's more of a, pl- affects the story. a plot thing yeah that um, makes sense yeah 
All right, should we should we get into recommendations? Yeah. Yeah. Or did you want to talk about something else before? Oh, Jack. Okay, guys, I have been telling Jack to watch Schitt's Creek for so long. Oh no! And finally, he watched it, but not even on my like. I just like somebody else told him to watch it, and no, for no, some no. reason he was like, "Okay, okay, now I guess I'll watch no, it," no, since no, no. somebody else other than Hannah told me to. Well. Usually that's the case. <laughs> but, uh, no, my parents were watching when I came home, and I was just in the room. And, you know, like, you know when you live with somebody and mm-hmm. they're watching something, there's only one TV in the house, like, you usually just kind of end up watching yeah. whatever they're watching. you got to compromise. Yeah. So I was just watching it, and I was like, this is actually really Like, funny. how I have to, I'm forced to watch Last Man Standing, like, all the time, because my mom. mom loves it. That show sucks. I know. Um Tim Allen, <laughs> go go away, Tim. Go Allen. Away. We don't want you anymore. He needs to retire. Yeah. Anyways, uh, anyways. But yeah, Schitt's Creek is so funny, and I'm so glad that you're finally watching it. It's real. It's actually really funny. It's like probably one of my favorite shows I've seen in a little while. Yeah. It's like Eugene and Daniel Levy. Yeah, like father, they're such like a good duo. Real life father and son, father and son. Of the show, like they are incredible. Especially Daniel Levy. Like without him, that show would not work for me. Mm. Uh, especially because uh, Alexis in the show, like Andy Murphy, like. Her by herself would annoy the so, crap out of me. Oh yeah, so but nice. her with Daniel David. Levy, David in the show, yeah, like it's it totally works for me. Like them together, like is so good. David, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> um, great show. I really enjoy it. Uh, but Hannah, should we get some recommendations? Yeah, Jack, go ahead. You go first. Oh, gentlemen's first. <laughs> uh, okay, so my first recommendation is actually a book. Whoa! Big shocker, big twist. I'm so excited. I know. I love books. Well, I love books too. Sometimes I think you know, you've read probably two books in your whole life. Well, why would I read more than that? Books are dumb. <laughs> uh, so uh, my recommendation is a book I actually read this last year, mm-hmm. uh, and I recommended it to you actually in the past, and you haven't finished it. Oh, I was just going to mention that. I was like, oh well, there is a book that you have read that I'm reading. Well, <laughs> is that the one that you? <laughs> it's the one I recommended. Oh, great! It's a good book though. Uh, so the book is called Fates and Furies, and it is written by Lauren Groff, uh, and it came out in 2015, uh, but it's probably one of my favorite books I've read in a long yeah, time. Yeah, I only have like 20 pages left. It's oh. not like I'm slacking. Oh, you're slacking a little bit. I mean, I haven't read it probably in like two months. So you don't remember anything? No, I do. I really, I honestly kind of think about it sometimes. Like, I, I wonder what's happening with them, mm. you know? Yeah. But, um... It's a very gripping book. It's very gripping. So the book is told in two parts. Uh, and so it's a story about like a husband and wife and their marriage and their life together. Uh, but the first half of the book follows the husband, a man named Lotto, and that is called Fates. And the second part of the book uh, follows the character Matilde, his wife, and it's called Furies. And not only like, because like it's told from like both their perspectives, like the first part is Lotto's perspective. The second part is Matilde's perspective. Uh, and not only does, like, the book, uh, like, radically change in, like, tone and feeling mm-hmm. and mood. Narration. Like, between, yeah, and narration between the two uh, halves. But, like, it's almost like it changes genres. Yeah. Like, like the first book, like, I think the first half of the book is, like, whimsical and, like, fun and, like, exuberant and loud. And the second half of the book is, like, very gothic and dark and, like, hmm. introspective and, like, kind of sad. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because it's kind of like that thing that you learn about, like, in English class of, like, a trustworthy narrator, an untrusty narr- untrustworthy narrator. And I think that's really interesting because when 
the tone shifts. It's kind of like, oh, like what I read the first half of the book, is that the full story? Yeah, so it's it's a it's a third person narrator. Mm-hmm. Um, so like it's a, you know, it's like a, a God-like narrator. Like they, mm-hmm. they, they, they're they in the minds but of the characters. But it still characters. follows a specific. Well, yeah, so it's interesting because the narrator in this book, um, we don't know who the narrator is. Right. But they interject themselves into the novel. Like the narrator is talking about what like the character is thinking, uh, but like in parentheses or in brackets, they'll like editorialize what yeah. what what is happening, and they'll be like they'll put their the narrator put their own opinions and like yeah. into what is happening in the, like with that character, like especially with Lotto, like the man, like she, like the narrator Lancelot, his full name, yeah, Lancelot, which is <laughs> crazy. gives you a lot of info about his character. You, exactly, um, the narrator will like critique Lancelot yeah. or Lotto about what he is saying or what he's doing yeah. and like is very critical of yeah. him. Uh, so it's really interesting that like third element of uh, of narrator to like it's a different it's mm-hmm. a totally separate character in the book that you get to follow throughout. I love that kind um, of thing. I love talking about narration. Narration. Okay so the story follows uh, these two characters and it's kind of like what seems like a successful marriage on the surface uh, from two different perspectives but once you get really into the book, uh, you can see there's like a fierce like asymmetry between yeah. their two views of like their life, their marriage, uh, to where it's like the first half uh, section called Fates is very open. It's happy. It's mm-hmm. exuberant. It's naive. Um, and it's like kind of like this victorious, yeah. like incredible life of Lotto. Because also they get married like pretty quickly into yeah. their relationship. So it's all very like fantasy like yeah like dreamy yeah and it's like in the second half furies it it kind of just like blows the cover of that off mm-hmm. completely to where it's you like realize they're it's very, very different people yeah it's like very secretive it's like it's dark it's damaged um like not really much happy at all yeah it makes it makes me bummed like some of the things that happen like really like hit me and make me like oh man like I really wish that didn't happen. They're like, I almost feel like, oh, how could I have fixed this from happening? But yeah. I'm like, wait, it's a book. <laughs> well, well, the book is interesting because um, it's not like they, it's not like so simple to where it's like he is like on top of the world and he thinks everything is perfect and she's like very dark and damaged. She resents him and like, no. and like they're opposites. It's like, no, like they, them they two both together travel between. Yeah, like, but like they, the interesting part is like they genuinely love each other mm-hmm. and like they very much care about each other even though there are tons of secrets and like dark things between them and like think like other sides of their life that they don't share together mm-hmm. uh even in the second half of the book even though it's very dark and kind of depressing at times or sad mm-hmm. uh matilde like the main woman she genuinely loves and like genuinely appreciates all that stuff in the first half of the book yeah to where it's like it doesn't it doesn't uh negate that stuff it just gives it to a different context while still validating it. Gives it, it a depth. Yeah, it does, and it's super interesting. Um, so yeah, so it follows Lotto and Matilde. They meet at a party near the, uh, near the end of their college years. Uh, there, it's like, and it feels like a very real relationship, mm-hmm. even though like the language is, in it, especially the first half is like very heightened, and very like Shakespearean and like over the top. Uh, their relationship in the book does feel very real, and it does feel very natural. Um, and basically, like, it follows uh, their life as, like, Lotto uh, kind of feels like he has all this potential. He's, like, incredibly talented and smart and, like, driven. It kind of follows him, like, failing at things in life, trying to be an actor and, like, becoming, yeah. like, a playwright and all that stuff. And and Lotto in the first half kind of, like, uh, like puts her on a pedestal and thinks she's perfect 
and like it doesn't really get in he doesn't really like get into like her her past or her mind and it's like mm-hmm. she's very like secretive like he thinks she's just like he kind of like she's puts perfect. her yeah puts her in a box a little bit and like elevates her a little bit too much to where she doesn't want that yeah um and in the second half we kind of see like we get like a lot of context between her life story and like why she is the way that she is mm-hmm. and like kind of like contextualizes like her outlook on life and like what she's done and like why she did the things she did and um yeah. so yeah it's very it's very good and it's like not there's not i like it a lot because like it doesn't really want you to uh dislike either of the characters mm-hmm. to where it's like you understand um like it kind of recontextualizes stuff that Lotto did in the first part. You're like, oh, like that was pretty lame, and I, I don't like that about him. But it doesn't ruin the character for you, yeah. In the, in the sense that, like, you, uh, to where it's like Matilde can like feel very poorly about Lotto, or like not like things about like their life, or like about him, but still very much love him and appreciate him, yeah. Uh, so it's like it's super, uh, it's super. It goes back and forth. It's almost like it's almost like Marriage Story for me. Yeah. But, like, they don't get a divorce. Yeah. Like, um, their relationship is really strong, mm-hmm. but it still has, like, those bumps and yeah. those, you know. Yeah. It's almost, well, like, and the characters especially are almost, like, very similar to Marriage Story to where it's, like, yeah. he's a playwright and, like, all this stuff. And, yeah. Like, and um, he kind of, like, steamrolls her a little bit. Yeah. He does very much steamroll her. Um, but in, in the book, like, she doesn't really make that known. She kind of internalizes it. And pushes it back. Yeah, because she, I mean, I feel like she loves him so much that, I don't know, she doesn't want to, like, she does everything for him. And mm-hmm. she wouldn't want to, like, hurt his feelings by, like, saying, like, hey, like, I don't like that you do this or something like that. Yeah, but, like, even, but in the second half, like, she has this, like, her life, like, goes on so many different paths. And, like, it expands in totally new ways. And, like, she, like, becomes, like, this huge, like, very dynamic character. Like he steamrolls her a bit in like his part in like his part of the book, mm-hmm. um, but that's not the end of it. To where it's like in her part of the book, like she had there's so much more that goes on with her in her life, and like she like expands so many like different like horizons and like so much more depth and like to where it's like they don't just get a divorce and that's it. Yeah. And like it's but it's more like they uh, that journey between them is like very um, very shifting and very like fluid. Uh, to where it's like he steamrolls her, but she also has this other like so much more amazing stuff that happens later, and like these different journeys and roller coasters. Like mm-hmm. it's very good. It's a very good book. I think it, I think it captures that like, like feeling I got in Marriage Story, uh, but it feels a little more real and it doesn't feel like like as just like looking yeah. to like get you emotionally. It does emotional feel response very real. Yeah, it does feel the very writing. real. Um, and you really believe everything about these characters yeah. especially them together so i recommend the book it's it's pretty heavy at times mm-hmm. uh and it is mature in some other ways mm-hmm. um it's a very mature book yeah uh but i really enjoyed it and i really don't have time to read books that often mm-hmm. uh because i just read so much for school yeah uh but it was one that i'm really glad i read i mean i did have to read it for school but i'm really glad <laughs> i actually read it and didn't just push it off to write like a paper yeah and, and like read spark notes about yeah. it or something yeah i'm i'm really glad i read it and it's probably one of my favorite books i've read in a long time yeah. so of all the I books recommend it. <laughs> of all the books you chose to not read i'm glad that this is one that you chose to read i'm, to, I'm glad i chose to read yeah. this one um there's an audiobook on audible too that's actually really good oh yeah i really like the audiobook um so check with, that out as well with that audiobook do they like when it's a different character talking do they have different voices or is it just one person so narrating the, so it? the first half of the book is a man narrating and for the lotto and the second half is a woman yeah so that's interesting it is good interesting and it's really good i, like I really that. like it cool yeah that's my recommendation all right, all right what do you nice. got for me han okay 
deep breath. Deep breath. Are you ready? I'm. I was. I was ready a long time ago. <laughs> get to it. Come on. Should I count down? No. Nope, get to it. <laughs> Nobody has time okay. for that. Okay. So my recommendation is a Netflix original movie. Nice. Starring and produced and written by Allison Brie. Whoa. You know who Allison Brie? I love Allison Brie. Yeah, from Community. Yeah, and Glow. And Glow. And by the stuff. And it's called Horse Girl. Horse Girl. (laughs) My God. (laughs) Don't be disappointed. Okay, listen to this. Disclaimer, Hanny used to ride horses when she was a kid, and she's a very big horse girl still. No. And it's something I hold against her. No. Okay, yes, guys, I have to admit I was a horse girl but like I was so subtle about it like nobody else really knew I was a horse girl because I like hid behind those girls that like wore their riding pants and like riding boots to school um like they like wore it to class every day and like showed everyone pictures of their horse and like talked about how much they missed their horse but I did not do that yeah you do it now no much worse and you're an adult no but for me it was just like I liked having a pet that like actually did stuff because like my all my pets, like all my dogs, are like so lazy. Like they don't even go on walks and stuff. So it was great to have a pet that like was, you know, a- active and I could play with. Anyways, do you have do you have a recommendation to get to? Okay, okay, okay. So the general synopsis of the movie, um, not from Wikipedia this time. This is original. So there's this girl. Her name is Sarah. She works at a craft store. She is absolutely obsessed with this show called Purgatory, which is basically like a mix between uh, Supernatural and Criminal Minds. Why does she just watch watch Supernatural and Criminal Minds? Well, because it's cool because they like this this show that they watch. They like act that she watches. They actually like filmed it like for the movie. Ooh. Um, She takes Zumba class and she loves her horse. Nice. Does that sound like someone you know? No. You have to take Zumba classes. I did. I remember when I used to do it in my dorm room, oh, like on YouTube. It. No. <laughs> I have asthma, though, so I can't do it anymore. Yeah, I can't do anything anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the movie just kind of goes through her life, and you come to find out that she has a sleepwalking problem Ooh. and maybe some mental health issues. Does she ride the horse while she's sleepwalking? Uh no. Well, the thing is, the horse. It's the thing is the horse sleepwalks that's too. That's her. <laughs> that was funny. It's okay. The gallops. No. Okay. It's time to stop interrupting. <laughs> it's time for me to talk. I'm trying to get you to get to the point here. Oh, I am. So, um, she's like super socially awkward and just you know, as most she has these girls issues. are. But this movie is freaking weird. Well, I'm sure it is. It's called Horse Girl. <laughs> Blake, it can't end well. Blake and I watched it this weekend. Um, Blake is your dog. Yeah. <laughs> Blake is my dog. Blake and I watched it this weekend, and I was, like, startled, uh, like, perplexed by the movie. It was too real? Too, it, hit, no, no, too no. Too close to home? No, stop. It's actually, okay, it's kind of hard to explain, like, what it's like, but I feel like the best way I can describe it is that, like, it has the same pace as Midsommar in the way Ooh. that you're kind of, like, is anything happening right now? Like, what's going on? And then all of a sudden something happens. You're like, oh, something is happening. And then... So old people jump off a cliff and die? No, no. Well, then how's it like Midsummer? But, and then... Midsummer. And then I feel like the, it has the same vibe as like the last three quarters of like, sorry to bother you. 
Oh, so it's super weird. It is weird. So she becomes a horse. Which, you know, is fitting because of the horse thing. So she becomes a horse. No, she doesn't. Well, then how's like Sorry to Bother You? Stop guessing what it's like. Just watch it. Spoilers for Sorry to Bother You, the movie that nobody saw. Yeah, it's... Sorry to bother you. It was a strange movie. It's a good movie, though. You should watch it. Walking into it. No, don't. No, don't be prepared. It's better if you don't know anything about it. Okay, but anyways, so two interesting things about the movie. Um, Number one. So none of that stuff was interesting before. No, it is interesting. (laughs) Just like two, like little quick, like cute, like quick cute things. things. Cute, cool things. I was gonna say cute, but I I knew you were gonna say cute. (laughs) Get on with it. Okay, so stop doing that. Sorry. Okay, so Molly Shannon is in it. She plays her boss at the craft store, but is also basically like a mom to Sarah through all of her struggles. So Mm. basically, like, so Sarah's mom committed suicide when she was like 16. Um, She had depression and stuff, and Sarah is the one who like found her. Mm. Um, And her Sarah's grandma also she had mental health issues and like kind of went crazy Mm. she thought that she could that she was from the future or she could like see the future yeah so you kind of start to like you know Sarah's kind of scared that she's going to turn out like her grandma yeah and then you know things unfold and then she does um and then the second fun fact about it is it fun it is. Okay. It is fun. None of this has been fun so far. It's been pretty <laughs> sad. <laughs> no, it's so interesting. Um, so for this movie, none of the dialogue was written in the script. It was all improvised? It was all improvised. because So I watched the, this interview with Alison Brie, and she was just talking about how she wanted to sound as natural as possible. Yeah. Um, like how people actually talk. Yeah. So there's like a r- this, the screenplay is like a rough outline for the film. Like this is where they need to get mm-hmm. by the end of this scene. But there is no written dialogue. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. That's really interesting actually. I was like, oh, like, I mean, there are really smart, like, to to be a writer, you have to be incredibly smart yeah. to be able to write well and, like, write how people actually talk. It's hard. And at first I was like, oh, it's kind of a cop-out to, like, not write a script. That's probably the best job ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's actually, like, when you watch the movie, it's pretty cool to, to, like, watch it knowing that, like, all of it is, like, just natural conversations. I'm sure that's probably even more frustrating for a writer because they have to be, like, on set every day. Yeah. Like, saying, like, and trying to, like, decide, like, oh, this doesn't work, actually, or this does work. And, yeah. like, I'm sure it took a ton of time. Yeah, and a lot of times I feel like the cast can be, like, they can read a script and be like, oh, this isn't how my character would say this. Yeah. You know, like, you would know your character so well that you would know what it would what they would say. Well, yeah, like, especially, I mean, like, if you're, like, so like, like, some big actors, like, Robert Downey Jr. is a good example of somebody who improvises mm-hmm. a lot, like, on set for his movie, especially, like, Marvel movies. Yeah, it's because he plays Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's playing himself. <laughs> but, like, a lot of times, like, it's the bigger actors like that that can get away with improvising a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. But usually, actors kind of have to stick to the script. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, a little room for improvisation. Like, uh, there's a little room for improvisation. Uh, but generally, uh, writers, like, want actors to, like, stick to the script and everybody does because they wrote it like that for a reason yeah and they are really proud of what they wrote yeah so it's like to have it'd probably be pretty frustrating it's like why am I here I'm just kind of like Mm -hmm. the editor like a dialogue editor now Uh, and I'm sure that was probably a lot more work and I'm sure they like shot a lot of different versions of like dialogue 
to try to like decide which one was best. Yeah. And so, I mean, I'm sure like it took away some of the work like up front, but I'm sure there's yeah. a lot more work afterward. Yeah. Uh, that sounds really hard. Yeah. And it's like none of the actors in it besides Molly Shannon. And I mean, Alison Brie is a pretty established actress as well. Yeah. Um, none of them are like really known actors actors i mean mm. debbie ryan is in it oh she's known yeah <laughs> yeah but she was like on sweet life i mean yeah. she had had her own insatiable she had that show i didn't watch it i Why didn't either I? Yeah. but um but yeah so all these other actors it's interesting to see them just you know make you know make magic make the, in magic. the moment i like making magic myself <laughs> i have my magician's kit you yeah i was just gonna say I some tricks for you <laughs> I don't really have a magician's kit. I wish I was a magician, though. Or a magician. Yeah. All right. Is that it? Oh, actually, there's this one scene that I want to talk about along with that that um, is funny because, because you know, they're improvising. So it's this one night. It's Sarah's birthday, and she doesn't have any friends. Um, but So Debbie Ryan plays her roommate. And not a so, friend, though. Not really. <laughs> um, so Debbie Ryan, like her character and her boyfriend come over and they're mm. like oh you're not doing anything for your birthday she's just like sitting watching tv yeah and they're like oh like let's do something like um brian i think her boyfriend's name is brian brian like you can invite your roommate over and so they all like come over oh. and are hanging out mm-hmm. and, and brian's like this girl's so weird yeah yeah but um well it's funny because brian like sleeps over at their apartment a lot and he'll like there's this one scene where he gets up to get a drink of water and she's like her face is just to the wall like she's just like standing there that's really weird yeah but so at this birthday party like um debbie ryan's character she's like brian like put on some music and he's like should i put on my album and she's like yeah sure it's really good and so he puts on his own album like he's yeah. a rapper and oh, he like no. puts on his own music oh, and like no. is like rapping along with it and it's so funny that's like that gives me like uh dinner party vibes in the office yeah where, like with hunter's baby yeah it's, jan's lover but that's to show you like Took me by the <laughs> hand made me a man that that one night, all right, one get to night. it. <laughs> yeah, but that's just a good scene to show. Right. Sorry, I had to finish it. <laughs> that was beautiful. Thank you. Um, yeah, so it just goes to show like how natural the interactions are on this mo- in this movie. That's cool. It's really cool. I'll check it out. All right, I meant, actually meant to see that. I knew you. I was gonna take you to it because I knew you would like it, mm. but it wasn't playing anywhere near us. No, so it's I was Netflix. Like, yeah, well, they were playing it like in yeah, South yeah. Theaters, and I was like, eh, I don't really want to drive to Burbank to watch this. So yeah. Um, cool. Is that it? Yeah, it's nice. It. Well, it's my turn now. Again. Yeah. Thank God. Finally. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was just waiting for you to be done. Yeah, so it's really hard again. to keep your mouth shut. It was. Yeah. I was just. Those are my uh, pre-written responses to whatever you're saying. So I was yeah. reading off a script. It's just yes, of course. Yeah. Very cool. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool, Kanye. <laughs> Thank you, Kanye. Very cool. Okay, so uh, my next recommendation is a show because, as you know, I love TV. Did you know that I love TV? I did. I love movies too, but I'm, I really love TV. I mean, I wasn't sure, but I was like, you know, I feel I have a feeling that he likes TV. Where'd you get that feeling from? Intuition. Or was it me telling you just now that I really like TV? Oh, yeah. Probably that, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, the show I'm recommending is an HBO show, and I love most HBO shows. I think they're yeah. all usually pretty good. Like Sex and the City. That's nope, your favorite, don't right? Like H- don't like Sex and the City. <laughs> uh I but I really generally like if you watch a show on HBO, it's usually going to be at least okay uh, because they put so much money into yeah, their shows. Yeah, I was going to say because they're so loaded. Yeah, they put so much money in like and like such high production value into their shows, and they have like such good teams. Like they're usually pretty good. Uh, 
But this one's really good. I really like this one. It's called The Outsider. Dun, dun, dun. Ooh. Based off the Stephen King novel by the same name. So you know it's freaking weird. So you know it's really weird because uh, Stephen King is a freaking weirdo. Uh, a strange person. Yeah. Unless you're listening, Stephen King, we really like you. Please yeah. don't murder us. Do you want to come to dinner with us tomorrow? No, nope. please don't murder us, though. <laughs> uh, so the show is starring Ben Mendelsohn. Bendelson, as we call him, or Mendo. <laughs> Mendo. Uh, and famous uh, actor, the actor of Australia. I think he's probably the actor of Australia at the moment, or huge jacked man. <laughs> uh, but I really like Ben Mendelsohn. So the show begins by following Detective Ralph Anderson, played by Ben Mendelsohn, uh, following an investigation which at first seems uh, very simple and straightforward. Uh, as there is a kid in the local town who was murdered. It takes mm-hmm. place in a small Brutally town. Brutally murdered. Brutally murdered, like very graphically murdered. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so it looks straight, like seems very straightforward at first. Uh, and the show is also starring Jason Bateman, who we love. Love, love Jason, Jason Bateman. Bateman. And he directs and writes a lot of the episodes, too. Yeah, he does. Uh, so he's, he's so handsome. He's very handsome. Uh, he looks great. He's, he's aging better and better. Yeah. Okay, so... Sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's all right. So... Uh, it follows Detective Anderson, and they believe they have very good reason to believe that uh, Jason Bateman's character named Terry Maitland was the one who committed the murder. Mm-hmm. Even though we the show portrays him as a very kind, yeah. family man, baseball coach, kind of like the all around, yeah. like perfect dad. But it's interesting because right away they show like you know this woman is at the police station and she's saying like, oh, I saw him pick up this kid from like walmart or whatever yeah and you see it on the screen like terry maitland is the one in the van who like picks up this kid yeah so and yeah. you see him with like blood on his hands and everything yeah so, so you're like oh it's it's they already revealed that it's him yeah so the show it like right away it's not being coy about who murdered this kid yeah like you see jason bateman's character as the one who killed this kid or very much very likely killed this kid mm-hmm. uh but it also the show also shows him in the beginning as very kind yeah he has two kids yeah family family man like you don't really suspect it yeah uh, and the show it seems like um and Ben Mendelsohn's like a cop for a long time so it's like you see uh like him going to arrest him like very publicly yeah and he's like, like in front I'm of his family show him they, like make, he's make, a an exa- make an example of him yeah uh and so he arrests him and but like, so it seems really straightforward, but then there's a lot of other background twists happening to where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, there might be something much larger at play here, even though it looks pretty straightforward, even though it looks like Terry Maitland is the one who killed this kid, there are probably much darker and sinister forces happening in the background. And those kind of unfold over time, yeah, uh, making you question everything you're seeing on screen to where it's like, and the show's not really like, I don't really like it when shows show you false information yeah like show you like something like oh this is what this is someone's version someone of events. said yeah. yeah it's like because like people like but give it's actually what happened is what they show yeah it's like people give versions of events on shows where it's like and it shows you that it's like oh this person murdered this person or this person stole this and yeah. it's like but then later it's revealed that that's it's not, not actually true. what happened yeah um yeah and so but this show doesn't do that. Like it shows, which I really appreciate. I love that. It shows you actually what happened in these flashbacks. Uh, but even so, things are not as they seem, mm-hmm. and there's a lot more going on. And there might just be a dark, sinister force that has yes. come into this town that has been at play 
for a long time. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, because Stephen King novel. Um, yeah. But but it's interesting because the show gets into like a lot of old mythology mm. um, from like diff- like cultural like, old mythology. Yeah, cult- like, and even like Christian philo- like Christian mythology mm-hmm. or like Jewish mythology uh, or uh, like Latin America mythology. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of different things, and it's like yeah, it's a, it's a lot of very interesting stuff in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the- not just like weird sci-fi it's It's like it's not it's a a detective story yeah and it's like them uh like just trying to figure out what happened in this case uh and also stars cynthia arrivo uh she's amazing arrivo is it arrivo or arrivo Arrivo, i think Um, that's uh, how they pronounce it on the oscars who's played harry tubman and harriet yeah didn't see it hers good though she was nominated for oscar she didn't win right nominated yeah yeah um she's great in the show too she plays another like she plays like a private investigator yeah and she plays she has like asperger's or something yeah uh something some social issue yeah but it like kind of like helps her like heighten yeah. her senses and stuff like that and she's amazing the she's way really she good. plays that character yeah like you yeah she like this is one of the first things i've seen her in and seeing her in yeah. other things she is so she's different in this different show. person yeah um so yeah, the show's really interesting. It, it's like it's kind of slow. Some episodes, like uh, like there was an episode we watched the other day where I was like, okay, did anything just happen? Yeah, I feel like they could. I feel like the show like they kind of drag it out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's similar criticism. I have some like some Netflix shows to where mm-hmm. like instead of doing eight episodes, they do like thirteen, and they kind of like yeah. spread out the story too much to where it's like like the la- like there's like three or four episodes where like there's a good like forty minutes or thirty minutes of nothing happening. Yeah, but that's why like binge watching is such a thing especially with Netflix, because I feel like sometimes you watch an episode and you're like, that wasn't enough for me. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, it's like, and that's what I really like about HBO shows, because they don't drop it all at once. Mm-hmm. It's week to week. And I feel like this show, especially because it's kind of like a mystery and it's like, it's so a, and it's cool. kind of scary a little bit sometimes too. Like not like, ter- like not like horror. Yeah. It's really suspenseful though. I miss that about watching TV. It's yeah. like waiting a week for it to come back. Yeah, you kind of like get to sit on it. And it's yeah. like, oh my God, like what is, like what's going to happen? Like this is freaking me out. Um, Especially, like, because there's a lot of documentary series on Netflix nowadays about, like, murder mysteries. Mm. And it's not really the same thing where you're just, like, you are you just keep watching it and keep finding out what happens. It's yeah. not as special. Yeah. And, and if, but, like, this show's great. And I feel like it, the, the, character, like, the characters are really good and the acting's good. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of, like, good, um, like, you totally understand every character's motivations about why they're doing things. And it's, like, because, uh, like, Ben Mendelsohn, like, his character like this is this like this case around a little boy that was murdered and his son had died from cancer mm-hmm. uh, and he was the same age so it's like he has an attachment to the case totally it's like you totally understand why he's so invested in this and why he's trying to get to the bottom of it even if it seems solved at one point mm-hmm. uh like they they're kind of like on a quest where it's like no like there's something else going on here yeah. because like there's so much clear evidence for like why like this one person did one thing and why he didn't do this like one thing yeah and it's like Toward like there's there's no explanation and mm-hmm. it's like and it's also like trying to like deal with like uh like supernatural forces maybe not like not like ghosts or like spirits or anything but like yeah. like these otherworldly forces and trying to like explain the unexplainable or trying to like cope with these like things yeah. you like can't believe in but like you need to believe in in order to like solve the case so it's like it's super interesting yeah uh, and it's not I mean it's not a perfect show. But and I don't even know. I don't know how it would fare for me if I had were binging it. Mm-hmm. Um, but watching it week to week, getting to like simmer and like sit with it, it's good. Yeah, and I like it a lot. Um, and all the acting's good in it. And mm-hmm. I think you should check it out. 
I mean, you've checked it out because we're watching it together. Yeah, we're watching but it But the together. listeners should check it out. Yeah, you because guys should. Bendelson is great. And I yeah. love Bendelson or Mendo. And I didn't even know that he was Australian. He's Australian. He's very yeah. Australian. And he, like, does a great job in American accent. Yeah. I mean, you can kind of always hear it a little bit. But Yeah. I mean, once I figured out that he was Australian, then I started hearing it a bit. But I wouldn't have known if you wouldn't have, yeah. if you would have told and me. And he plays a villain in everything nowadays. Yeah. Like, villain type. Like... He was the villain in Rogue One. He was mm-hmm. the villain in Ready Player One. Uh, he was the villain, well, the quote-unquote villain in Captain Marvel. Uh, for, I mean, it's no spoilers for Captain Marvel. But he was yeah. the villain for a time in that movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was villain in something else, too, that came out recently. Um, but it's cool seeing him as the protagonist in a yeah. show. And, like, kind of, he like... He does such a good job of being, like, a protective, like trying to find the truth really honest guy yeah it's like any i mean he's flawed like he has a lot of flaws in the show mm-hmm. and like he's like there's a lot of like layers to his character um but it's fun seeing him act in a different way because of like his villains like he's good as he's a good villain i think mm-hmm. but seeing it over and over like, i'm like okay i know yeah I've seen he can this. do this he can okay. do it like i've seen him be a villain so many times but it's like it's fun seeing him be a good, a good character yeah um Still with his own demons, but yeah. like very much trying his best. To yeah, do the right and he thing. tries to be good for like everyone else, yeah, not and, like for himself. Yeah, and he makes a lot of mistakes. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, there's probably a way you could read the show as like it's his fault. A lot of bad things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, like he makes a ton of mistakes, and like a lot of the show hinges on him. Like the first decision in the episode, yeah, like him making a bad choice, and he's trying to make up for it. Yeah, for the following episodes. Totally. Um, it's really good. Mm-hmm. I like it a lot. Um. Yeah, check it out. Yeah. All right, what do you got for us? What's your last recommendation, Han? All right. Buckle your seatbelts. This is not a movie. Not a movie. Not a television show. Why would we care about it then? Not a book. Dumb. I don't like books. It's a podcast. But we're on a podcast. Is it our podcast right now? (laughs) Yeah. Everybody listen to this podcast. All right, let's go home. We can leave now. No. Okay. Jack, so you love like watching youtube videos and like yeah. podcasts like while you're getting ready or like when you're in the car so i thought i'd recommend I'm, podcasts I'm, to you i'm never not listening to something if i have even 30 seconds of silence I know. it's because you can't I'm listen to your my, own thoughts I'm with my own thoughts and yeah. i drive myself crazy <laughs> and i feel the weight of the world on top of my shoulder so i need i always need something to listen to to block out yeah. you know the worry and the pain okay so i thought i'd recommend something to you that quenches your thirst for film and television but within <laughs> within a podcast um Wait, why wouldn't i just watch film and television though because you know if you're driving i don't like it when you watch youtube when you're driving don't tell people that because <laughs> it could be a cop listening <laughs> okay so the podcast i'm recommending is the a24 podcast nice i love a24 movies yeah some of the say i'm a fanboy of a24 yeah movies. now or a fan man <laughs> you I'm, wish I'm a big boy <laughs> oh my gosh fan so, big boy so this isn't just any podcast it's nice because it's the a24 podcast yeah well, you just said that no but it's nice because it's not just like some a24 administrative person interviewing like a director it's film people interviewing film people. Oh, like actors on actors. Yeah. Like the Hollywood Reporter thing. Yeah. So it's like two directors inter- like talking to each other or a producer and a director or an actor and an actor. Um, and they and usually they're like friends who mm. like actually know each all other fa- in real Because all famous celebrities are friends. <laughs> well, I feel like A24 is kind of a tight-knit community in a way. Like they kind of know each other and like hanging out. But uh, they kind of just get to talk about whatever they want to talk about too. Like I feel like A24 doesn't really give them any agenda Mm. they just kind of like 
talk. Um, kind of like how they do their movies. Like, no agenda, just make something really weird. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have three episodes specifically that I want to recommend to you. Any of them. Um, and it's nice because their episodes are really long. Oh. So, I mean, my commute is like two hours. Kind of like this podcast. Let's move it along. Hey! I'm just kidding. Good one. Thanks. Um. So, the first... Okay, so the first episode that I want to recommend to you yes. is with the Safdie brothers Love the and Safdie Paul brothers. Thomas Anderson. PTA, baby. So Saf- if you guys don't know, Safdie brothers directed Uncut Gems and, Good time. and other, other smaller movies, but Uncut Gems would be the main one. Good Time is the big one. Good Time, for, yeah. yeah. And, they're, and, and they're making a new show on Netflix. They are? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, all right. And one um, of them is starring in it, too. And then Paul Thomas Anderson directed uh, Phantom Thread and yeah, yeah. Boogie Nights. And a bunch of other good stuff. Yeah, a lot of stuff. He's a very, like, like I feel like the Safety Brothers are up and coming, but Paul Thomas Anderson is very established. Have you seen Punch Drunk Love? No. Oh, maybe. Adam Sandler? I think so. It was kind of like his, it was kind of like his big serious movie before Uncut Gems. Like, yeah. it's not funny. So with this episode, they basically just talk about Adam Sandler. <laughs> And, like, because they've both worked with him. I think Paul mm-hmm. Thomas Anderson, I forget which movie it was that he worked with. It was Punch Drug Love. Oh, it was. Okay. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, why, why, okay. that's why I brought okay, it up. Good. I wasn't yeah. just throwing so it out So they talk about, nothing. like, working with Adam Sandler and how cool he is. Yeah. And, which is awesome because I feel like he's such a, like, a mystic icon. <laughs> Well, like he's such a what weirdo. About, what about him gives you the idea so that he's mystic? He's complex. Yeah, kind he's of. Like at first glance, you're like, oh, he's just a weirdo. But then you're like, oh, like he's a weirdo, but he's also he's a good has actor. Dimensions, yeah. He's a great actor. He really is, and it's cool because they talk about how they prepared for the film and yeah. they did a lot of tests for mm. it. So they did this thing, like algebra. <laughs> exactly. They made. I don't know why. Algebra yeah, I don't know why to... it was necessary, but. It's yeah. 824, so. Um, so they did this thing where they put Adam Sandler in a bar in New York, and he had to act like uh, his character. What's his character's name? I forget. Can't remember. Okay. Uncut well, Gems Man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he has to act like his character um, in this bar, and people are, like, coming up to him, recognizing him as Adam Sandler. Yeah, like, hey, but Adam Sandler. Yeah, but so they put He's like, no, I'm Uncut Gems Man right now. <laughs> So Don't they, blow my cover. Right. So they put up like cameras in this bar and just like, you know, watched how people interacted with him just to see like how they could develop the character, how they develop the script and everything. Yeah. This is really interesting. And then um, they used that for the movie. No, actually, oh, that'd be cool. I think they said that they were like planning on using some of the footage, but they it wasn't good enough. Yeah. <laughs> they never did. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And they, they talk about that. And like, it's a lot of they talk a lot about like camera lens choices and like mm. ratio choices, which is interesting. Like milk to egg and water ratio for baking a cake. Yes. Don't forget the baking soda. Yeah, they're, they're filmmakers, but they also love baking, which was so interesting. Is that what they talk about in the co- yeah, podcast? Yeah. Nice. No, but um, seriously, Film bakers. I feel like you would like this, but for other people, it might be hard to listen to because because it's film people interviewing film people they don't like contextualize anything that they're talking they don't, about they don't hold your hand as they don't going yeah through, they don't yeah. explain like if they 
like use a film term they don't explain what they mean yeah so it's it's gonna be hard to follow if you don't know film stuff we'll just, we'll just get a dictionary yeah go on google like, have google fi- hand fil- film word dictionary and you can use that whenever you go to a party now or something like that like yeah. sound like you're really like savvy like on some stuff that's what i do <laughs> i know nothing about film i just look up the terms and i just put them into the conversation yeah. hoping that i nail it <laughs> and nobody really ever knows because they don't know the word either. yeah they're not going to question it as They'll long be as like, your oh, friends right. are more stupid than you then it's fine yeah, exactly. Except all my friends are stupid and I'm stupid too. So, <laughs> Okay, so the second episode that I want to recommend to you is uh, an episode with Ari Aster Ooh, who created Midsommar and Hereditary. Yeah, freaking weirdo. And, really smart. Right. And Robert Eggers who directed Eggers. The Lighthouse. Is it Eggers or Eggers? 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 I don't know. I think it's Eggers. Like Eggo Waffles? It's E-G-G-E-R-S. Yeah, did they say Eggers or Eggers? Eggers. I think I can't remember. I listened to it like three days ago, and I can't. Remember. Anyways, he directed The Lighthouse yeah. and, and The Witch. Yeah, he's great. Both great movies, and Robert Eggers and Ari Aster are like best friends in real life. Of course, they're apparently. both weirdos. Yeah, <laughs> they make really <laughs> they make weird, weird, weird movies. movies. Yeah, so they talk about their work in depth and what mm. inspired them in their childhoods. Yeah, um, but they also talk about the famous Bergman close-up, which Ooh. I know you know about probably, right? Sure, Ingmar yeah. Bergman filmmaker of the 50s 70s sure yeah um a lot of people are inspired by his work specifically regarding like showing emotion because Mm. uh he made the film persona yes which is about this actress who becomes mute and so you know like that kind of movie is going to require some kind of you know good way of showing facial emotions it's almost like it's almost like there were tons of years where they didn't have any dialogue in movies and they had to like <laughs> really rely heavily on yes. acting and facial emotion and stuff like that. Oh, How to think of true. it. Yeah. But yeah, so they talk about that a lot and other things. It's nice because on Spotify, on the A24 podcast, it'll, yeah. the, in the description, it'll be like, this episode includes, and it'll be like, this comma this comma this comma and it'll be like the most random things from their conversation because they're just mm. like talking like they don't have an agenda really yeah unless they choose something like for this i think it was Ari Aster like decided he wanted to surround the conversation around around ingmar bergman mm. um but anyways the third episode i want to recommend is one with jonah hill and michael Sarah. yes that's awesome <laughs> so good uh they're just so like them yeah and they're just really funny um but there's another one that i haven't listened to yet that's the next one on my list mm. that's with uh R- rami uh youssef yeah yeah from rami yeah no, on hulu yeah rami I, i've been meaning to watch that and, that's great and it's with aquafina oh, i love aquafina yeah and they both have new shows coming out nora yes. from queens and Rom- and rami's already out yeah i think nora from queens airs this week okay yeah. What are the What did Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah talk about? They talk. Well, it's kind of an older episode. They talk about um, Michael Sarah was on Broadway. Yeah. Um, in a play, and so he kind of talks about that experience. Um, and doing that, which is very interesting, because you wouldn't really picture Michael Sarah as like a Broadway person. Yeah. No. Hey, he's been. He's done a lot of stuff. Like yeah. That. So they talk about that, and then Jonah Hill talks about directing and like how he, you know, always wanted to be because. I know. I feel like a lot of people picture Jonah Hill as an actor, but that wasn't even from the beginning. That wasn't his end goal. He always yeah. wanted to be a director, and he became an actor as a way to get towards being a director. Yeah, I think there's a story about him uh, being in The Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, and they didn't have the budget to hire him because uh, he's too big an actor. Yeah, so I think he only got paid like ten thousand dollars for that movie, <laughs> which is like 
Isn't Leonardo DiCaprio in that? Yeah, he's yeah, he's yeah. Main character. Um, that was fine, but it's Scorsese though. Yeah, and he he took such a huge pay cut just because he wanted to learn he from to and mentor, work with Scorsese. Yeah, be mentored. Yeah, because he wanted to learn more about directing. He's wanted to be around him in mm-hmm. a film with him. Uh, so I thought it was really interesting. Yeah. Um, one thing about Jonah Hill and stuff, and sorry, Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know the story. You seen Super? We watched Super yeah, Bad. Yeah, yeah. Love Super Bad. Um, there's a story about so if on the DVD. Uh, like the main like cover screen like title screen for the DVD oh, yeah. is like uh, Michael Sir on a green screen dancing, dancing. and it's like his silhouette dancing he's music. like funny dancing and, yeah and it's like so Evan Goldberg was one of the writers for the movie along with Seth Rogen in the screenplay uh, and he pitched the idea to Michael Sir he's like hey for the DVD I want you just to go dance to nothing <laughs> on a green screen <laughs> so he's put random music behind it for the DVD mm-hmm. and they didn't just record like you know five minutes of it and loop it they recorded over an hour of continuous mm-hmm. dancing, straight dancing, no straight break, da- no break, and so like it will loop after like over an hour on the DVD, but it's like an hour long straight of just Michael Cera dancing on a green screen for the DVD, which is hilarious. So funny! You can find it on YouTube. It's really funny to watch. Yeah, um, I just think it's a great story. Yeah, um, <laughs> so funny. Yeah. I miss title sequences. Like I wish that like if you watch something on Netflix, I wish that it showed that. Yeah, that's funny. Like, you know, when you, the menu, behind the scenes. Yeah. Director's commentary. Director's commentary. All that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, is that the show? Um, yeah. Well, I feel like, so with the A24 podcast, they don't, I just need to warn you. Warn they me. don't, they don't make episodes very often uh, at all. Why? Well, well, so it's, it's, it's you like need to, exclusive. Yeah, yeah. You need to parcel them out. Gotcha. Yeah. Why don't they just ask us to do the A24 podcast? Maybe they will now. This could be the A24 podcast. Let's submit this to them as our resume. Okay. Yeah. I'd rather do that than this with you, though. Oh, I was going to say I'd rather do that than this so that I could... Oh, not do this with me anymore. Yeah. I wouldn't want to do this with me either, so that's fine. All right. Is that the show? Yeah. All right. Where, where can we find each other? On the socials. On the socials? Um, on Instagram, I am at Hannah Rexinger, H-A-N-N-A-H-R-E-X-I-N-G-E-R. Nice. I'm Jack McEwen on Twitter. Uh, I'll link it below. I'm also Lumberjack on Instagram. With an uh, H. With an H. I have an H in my name, everybody. J-A-C-H, not J-A-C-K. Yeah. Because uh, I have to be unique. Yeah. Um, it wasn't my choice. <laughs> um, <laughs> and where can we find the show? We can find the show um, on Spotify, iTunes. Uh, we, we're kind of having a Spotify issue uh, with finding the show on Spotify. So if you're listening to iTunes, just keep listening to iTunes. Yeah, well, on Spotify, right on Spotify, I mean, you found us here, maybe. But if you um, if you search Jack's name, you can find us. Yeah, you have to like search my name and then go to the podcast tab, mm-hmm. and then you can find the podcast. I'm trying to work it out. It's like a weird thing without a distributor, so it's weird. I'll fix it. But if you're listening on iTunes right now, just well, keep listening yeah, on iTunes. But yeah. we'll link we'll link the Spotify and our Instagrams too. We'll link it below. Um, and you can find the show. On Twitter at the Rec Center Pod, you can find our show on Instagram at the Rec, Rec Center, Center Pod, Pod, all one word. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the show. That's the show. Well, thanks for coming back, everybody. Yeah, well, I guess we'll we'll have to do this again. We'll not I guess. see you again next week because it's a podcast, but you'll hear us <laughs> next yeah. week probably. Yeah. Wow. Well, thanks it's for doing this, man. This is fun. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll see you next week then, because yeah. you know we don't hang out unless we're on air together. Bye. Because we only talk if we're making content. Yeah. I'll miss you. Yeah. You're right. I won't. Yeah. All right. All right. See you later. See you, everybody. <laughs> Bye.